Hello and hello. Welcome to the podcast. It's your host with the most, Austin Morris. And I'm here once again with my good friend Ryan. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Um, We're back diving into uh, hot topics and fun stuff after our last uh, podcast, which was uh, a goofy one just to kind of unwind and show you guys that we're just normal dudes who... Um, find humor in a lot of things, and um, live normal lives, and um, just showing you how we choose to worship our, our Creator. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a, a really, really hot topic that falls under the political landscape, and it's something that has been a hot-button issue. Um, it's an ethic issue, that's why we're addressing it. Um, and it's the issue of uh, immigration, uh, illegal immigration. Um, I support legal immigration, of course. Um, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're just just talking about illegal immigration situation that we have in our country. Hmm. Um, the border wall, which is I'm sure all of you are familiar with. Very hot topic right now. Uh, very, very. Um, Unless you work at hot topic. <laughs> and then, um, just like is our is our president is is he in a, is he right for um, making this this call? And with the issues that come with the, with illegal immigration and um, the border wall, it comes down to an ethical issue, which causes us as Christians to respond. Um, so me and Ryan are both going to share our perspectives. Um, I have a feeling we're going to probably disagree on some things with this one. Um, that's okay. Um, so yeah, Ryan, what's your what's your view? First, first off, let me ask, let me pose a question. Um, <clears throat> you wall or no wall? Man, what's going on the internet? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes back statement. Can I, can I just not do this on there? Um, no, um, Take the curve of the frog stance and just sip your tea. It's none of my business. None of my business. <laughs> Let him go. Um, man, I, I've gone back and forth a lot. So there's an impossibly chance I'll go back again. But where I am right now is pro wall. Um, and I think, and hear me out, I, 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 there's just one, there, I mean, there's few reasons, but primarily there's one reason. Um, and I think his national emergency kind of um, pulled it out of nowhere, too, for me. And it, it came along with, as we, we were thinking through a lot of that social justice stuff, because mm. um, I, you know, I was kind of forming more of my thoughts around, you know, what, as a Christian, where do I stand with social justice? Um, and it seems like a lot of social justice warriors stay on the side of, you know, we should do other things about illegal immigration, not a border, not a hard border, um, like the one Trump's proposing. Right. Um, but I think in heart of social justice, that's why I am for a border. Um, and it's because there's at the least, um, 10,000, um, women that are trafficked across the border every year um, sex trafficking mm. and um, and I, I was watching some videos the other day of places in the border where literally you can just step you know right into Mexico and right back into America there's no border patrol in that area you know and, and there's just many areas like this literally the border is just one of these uh, giant um it's like a giant, uh, what do you call it? Um, jumping jack. Looks like just a giant jumping jacks in there. You can walk past it easily. You know, by the time you'd ever get reported, if there is any kind of type of technology out there to report it, it'd be too late. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest. And, and also seeing that... Um, like not it was like ninety eight percent of people working on border security voted to have a physical border wall. Um, 
You know, these are the people that work it. They yeah. know the ins and outs of it. I, I'm in North Carolina. I'm nowhere near the border. I don't. I'm not affected barely at all. Um, I know a lot of my friends are, but a lot of my friends' families didn't break the law. And yeah. The law of the land that they chose to now live in. Um, and but essentially, you know, and those those things alone. So those kind of families, I'm not as I'm not as concerned about. You know, I, I'm not mad that your mom's here because she crossed the border the border illegally. And not like your mom. I know your mom's not. I'm yeah. saying, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone that listening to this, you know, has parents that are uh, illegal immigrants. Like I'm not, I'm not upset with them. They're yeah. they're not what I'm saying is the problem. What I'm saying is that there are people that are not like your parents that are trafficking women across the border. And no one's detecting it. Uh, families in America don't know where their children went. Mm. Um, and even to say the other way, children, you know, families in Mexico don't know where their children went. Mm. You know, I'm sure this it's the other way around. I'm sure women are getting trafficked in here. You know, mm. not. And I'm not going to say that sex slavery is not in America. Um, <laughs> we know there's plenty of areas where it's the most trafficked and the most, you know, and all these uh, major airports. Like they just they caught some uh, couple the other week and trafficked, you know, and um, that's who I'm concerned for. That's I mean that's ten thousand women, and that's the, that's just the ones that we could somewhat estimate and know about, you know. That that's not counting everyone that's going under uh, even statistic statistical radars, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want justice for them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but again, I'm not the president. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I know that he stated that. I don't know if that's his only reason for it. Um, I know, you know that a physical border would make things more difficult for trackers, but I know that they also, in places that there has been, they've just dug tunnels under it. Uh, <laughs> they figured other ways around. Mm-hmm. But you know, our job is not to just say expect people to get around issues. Our, I believe our job and our hope as citizens is to make it harder for them to do that. Yeah. And um, honestly, think that a physical uh, border could narrow it down from ten thousand to five hundred. You know, yeah. like that would if we could save nine, you know, ninety five hundred lives, it'd be worth it. Yeah. If we could save one life, that that border wall would be worth it. And I know a lot of. <laughs> A lot of Americans want to argue that and say the greater good, but the thing is, between that and that argument, usually comes up when when concerning war issues. Um, this, you know, these women are not soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, these women did not sign up <laughs> um, to risk being trafficked <laughs> just by existing. You know, that this, this was there was no contract on their birth certificate that said, you know what, if I get trafficked, this for my country. Mm. That, that, that's not a thing. Um, in America, we treat every person with dignity and value and respect. And if that wall can save one life, I think it's worth it. And, um, and that's, where I, that's where I stand with it. I don't, you know, I, I don't know how better to say it for myself right now. I think you said it pretty well. Um, Here's some statistics on legal immigration. Uh, before I, you know, and if I said wrong <laughs> on the statistic, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I was just that's what I last saw, but I may be wrong. Here, here are some statistics that I found on uh, Statista.com. If you care to fact check, um, in 2016, the illegal immigration population in America was 10.7 million. Unaccompanied alien children apprehensions at the border as of 2017. It's 41,156. The lower estimated cost of deportation of illegal immigrants is $103.9 billion. That's as of 2015. Upper cost is $303.7 billion as of 2015. Uh, estimated tax paid by illegals, $7 billion. Property tax paid, $3.6 billion. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> those are some uh, 
some crazy numbers. Yeah. Wow. But that's what I was saying. And <clears throat> I would agree. I mean, I think everybody in their right mind would agree that illegal immigration is a problem for our nation. I don't believe in open borders. But I don't necessarily believe the wall is going to fix everything. I would, I, I would even say that you would agree that it wouldn't fix every single oh, yeah. problem. Um, for me, it feels like more of a Band-Aid on a much bigger wound. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like immigration reform is something that this country is in desperate need of because there's, there's people out there that are waiting they're on a waiting list for like 15 years just to get their visa to yeah. come here illegally. That's mm-hmm. stupid. And that takes forever <clears throat> to become a citizen. Which is somewhat admirable because it shows that, wow, you know, you're you're serious yeah. um, about being here. And I think if you're going to live in America, you do need to, um, it, we want your culture. We want your race. We want your families. We, you know, we want you. Mm-hmm. But America has certain values, and kind of mm-hmm. like the ones we just spoke of, that its citizens must hold to. Yeah. And and I think, <clears throat> you know, we definitely want to test that, but I think we're testing it wrong. Um, like you were saying, it just takes forever to, to even get in. Legally, and then to become a citizen legally, you know, it, there's got to be something. It's a it's a wicked problem. It really is because, you know, the the upward cost of deporting is over three hundred billion dollars. That's a lot of money used to deporting illegal immigrants, and like, like I mean. Like I said, I'm not for open borders, but I'm kind of on the fence about how I feel about the wall. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, I don't know. It, I think the main issue I'm having is the person that suggested it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's been a big, I think that's been a big stumbling block for a lot of people. Because it wasn't it wasn't suggested in the most tactful of ways. Yeah. And, you know, although, the, although I respect our president and I respect his office, I respect the position that he holds, um, that doesn't mean I have to agree. It doesn't mean I have to agree with every word that comes out of his mouth and everything he does. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. I, I just, if it would have been proposed a little better and he didn't declare a national state of emergency, that's where I'm kind of hung up at because that feels borderline dictatorship-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, declaring a uh, national emergency. Um, Pass a policy. Yes. Um, like this is not this is not a war. Um, this is not a nuclear holocaust. This is an issue <clears throat> that just it needs to be addressed. Um, so yeah, I, I would say. For, for me, it's like, if it works, great. If it works, I'm okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm having a hard time with it. Yeah. You, you'd <laughs> rather have um, more of a conversational approach to bringing it about. Yeah. 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 It, and yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he quite did have. It, or at least attempt to have a conversational. I mean, I know we propose things, you know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. but then again, dude, I'm not the president. I don't know what goes on in the White House. But, yeah. I mean, this dude might have been advocating for two years and now it's happening. But uh, he's been in that long, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been in a while. Man, that's crazy. I can't believe Trump's been in this long. Um, I think, so, yeah, I think that was my biggest concern now. And I think where I've landed on that, because um, I did see, I mean, the immediate response was like, oh, 
great. There goes democracy. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, um, you know, we're supposed to be able to vote on these things and, um, or at least have, you know, our delegates, you know, be able to, uh, represent us well and kind of have that, um, which in kind of they did, and I'll get to that in just a second. So, um, one, I feel like maybe it's a national emergency, um, but, and so kind of, so I guess for me, and I'm not trying to just be subjective here, but sometimes politics has to be subjectively interpreted among objective facts. Um, right. And the objective fact, tenth out, let me make, I'm going to fact check this real quick. Um, Many women are being trafficked across the southern border. Because no one cares about the northern border. Right. <laughs> Which it very well could. Well, I'll find it later and then I'll have to fact check it. Um, U.S. Justice Department. Okay, yeah, so. Bigger numbers. Than bigger thought. numbers, like five times as much. So, I was I was shooting low. Um, I guess even to that point, even though it's only 10,000, which it seems to be more. Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's, there's more issues than just, uh, I mean, obviously, of course, human trafficking is a big issue, but you also right. have drugs being trafficked over, um, you have any, uh, illegal weapons trafficked over, and then there's also the high crime rate mm -hmm. in areas um, like California, Arizona, that they're dealing with high criminal rates from illegal immigrants. So yeah. it's an issue. In a way, I see it as... In, in an odd attack of terrorism. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but... It, it, and it doesn't seem that way because it's not in the masses, but it's still hitting thousands of people and bringing them into terror by literally injecting into their lives, removing them from their homes, transporting them to foreign countries, selling them off and making profit, and then they are being abused and used daily for the rest of their lives. And for me, and that's happening to my people, <laughs> my, you know, my nation, the people that I love and you know, I love everyone around the world but you know that um, I can but that you know that in the national um, kind of love for your people you know that's happening and that's just and, and for me that seems like an emergency um, in some, but in in I think we may have because I think there's two different sides of that issue like I've I've talked more about the trafficking just you know social justice side of it and I think there's another side of it that's not a national emergency, so like illegal immigration. So the you know that in the sense of you know someone's moving here because they want a better life, but they can't do it legally because it takes forever. So they come in legally and they make a better life, and one day it works out. And, right. and you know, and then so I'm that's not national emergency to me. I'm I really am not bothered that by that. I, I know a lot of I have a lot of illegal immigrant friends that uh, contribute well to our society. Um, I know there's a lot of Republican tax debate, <laughs> like, hey, we're paying for a lot. They're not paying for it. It's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I don't consider the national emergency. The trafficking, which is, you know, due to a border issue, is yeah. a big thing for me. Um, and, and so moving on into that, so I know um, a lot of my liberal friends on the other side, so I'm getting critiqued by both sides right now. <laughs> um, I know a lot of my liberal friends jump in and say, well, if you do that, then you're going to have to jump in on, like, social shootings, and you're going to have to jump in on, you know, gun control and all this stuff, and, and maybe that's right, um, but I do want to look up something. Let's see. So we're just looking at some facts about school shootings. Um, hmm. So 
this is not deaths. This is not traffic, but this is affected. Um, that it, you know, this is not. This means that these people that are in these schools, um, in some way, um, one hundred eighty-seven thousand students are have been exposed to gun violence in school um, since Columbine. Um, so. But among those, see the question I was trying to Google was how many deaths, because when these people are shipped out of their country for trafficking, you're dead. You know, I mean, you're practically dead. You've lost any, um, not not intrinsically, but in the sense of how people have viewed you, you've lost value, you've lost dignity. Um, and I'll. Okay, so only 113 people in 2018 um, were uh, killed or injured in a school shooting. And I'm not trying to demean these things at all, these events at all. But to me, you know, which we actually saw was, you know, tens of thousands of people losing their lives to trafficking. Mm-hmm. Versus only 113 people in the entire America just feeling physically affected by a school shooting is just to me that's not a national emergency. For me, it's a local emergency. It's an issue that we should be dealing by law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and we saw that with the parking shooting. Law enforcement didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. That's I will, shameful. I will say it right now. That sheriff sucks, and he should have been fired. And that was that was just that was just shameful what happened. Yeah, and um, the whole event was completely shameful. But then the response by the leaders, I mean, and then that dude would dare get on the internet and, and dare get on television and act like he was a hero. Not at all. It's a local issue. We need to get rid of scumbags like that. And I hate to say that on a <laughs> public caucus, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not. I'm not messing, dude. Like people like him do not need to be on the force because they don't care about protecting others. That dude was crying in the corner while other while children were literally being killed. So that's a local issue. Uh, that dude is not my national concern. My concern is that people like him don't get in local law enforcement. And if they do, they get scared off. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of politics that come into this. And this is just my particular opinion. Yeah. And I, I might get roasted in the comments. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, guys, like, I, I can take differing opinions. I mean, like, I didn't come to this conclusion by not listening to them. Right. Um, you know, and I'm getting critiqued by both sides. And, and I will critique both sides, too. And, you know, I love... This is all out of love. This is not out of hate for anyone, um, not for immigrants, not for school shooters, um, not for um, fake news, <laughs> not for anything. Um, this is just my stance out of love. But anyways, sorry. Didn't mean to take all that time. To <coughs> no, dude, it's okay. Um, yeah, like I said, um, I'm definitely you know not for having no borders, but. I think I would be more for a border if the person instilling the idea um, went about it better. Um, That's kind of where I'm at. Um, Kind of shifting gears, but still in the the realm of immigration. I love Um, how you still talk with your hands even when we're not on camera. I know. It's it's just a habit. (laughs) Um, It's just a habit. Anyway, let's um, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Um, Trump's travel ban. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the temporary one that he put right when he came in? I think it's still in place, isn't it? I knew he had a temporary one. I don't think it. I think it's still in place for particular countries, but not definitely not the amount that he started with. Let's go and take a fact check because I don't want to talk about something that's not. Completely accurate. Um, that saying that I may be quoting wrong because <laughs> I may. Um, you, you may be completely right right now. 
it's totally how you feel travel. Oh, yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> Okay, here we go. We'll go on. We'll go and pull up uh, the timelines. Twenty seventeen. They had a different version of it. Okay. They, they had a revision. Okay, so they pretty much dismantled it uh, on Tuesday, June 26th, in the 5-4 ruling, so the deciding party. Uh, yeah, filled it. They did? Oh, I misread it. Okay. Mm -hmm. They filled it. So what's the... So what is 3.0? But there's the lawsuit up here. The, the guy that sued him. So apparently it's still in place. Interesting. Okay, yeah, so I, I do want to follow that more because I feel like they would have had to lift it on some countries. Yeah. But, um... Because I haven't, I, th I feel like we'd still be hearing some racket about it, if not. So, so um, with with the travel ban, there comes the the issue, the issue for the Christian, um, which is much different than I feel the issue with the border wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. The issue with um, with the travel ban is, do we let people from Nations that have been, that have been labeled terrorist nations, or do we allowing refugees uh, to come over? It, do we uh, do we allow that? The Christian, you know, there's the ethical response to that, and you know, these are people. Um, it's an opportunity for gospel conversations, but as the American, you know, there's the danger of possibly you know, one of them committing a terrorist act in our nation. So it's this question of what do we do with that? I haven't thought about this so long, um, primarily because I thought it was completely out of place. Um, I remember thinking when it first happened, this is a terrible idea. Um, but do you remember what anything that warranted it initially, like why he even did that? Because I think that will kind of throw my opinion one way or the other. Um, while you're looking that up, I do remember looking at that as a Christian and was like, literally for those that can't go to the nations, the nation comes to us. And living in the Raleigh area, we see that uh, very much so. Um, people travel here all the time from other countries and other areas. And, and um, I, we need to have a lot of interaction with those we wouldn't normally get to. Um, people are in, hearing the gospel, and um, in for when they live in countries, they won't be able to. They're gaining, um, at least temporarily, uh, gaining freedoms that they would have never had in other countries, yeah. uh, getting to experience America, and maybe even thinking, "Man, I want to pursue the American dream, or I, I would love to be an American." Yeah. And then you know, starting the immigration process, um, starting the you know becoming a citizen later down the road, uh, which are what we what we're supposed to want at least. Um, what I want, yeah. um, I want people to come to our lovely country. I mean, we have people complain about, you know, overpopulation. It's like, I've been to Wyoming, all right? <laughs> I've been to Montana. I've been to Utah. Plenty of people out there, dude. Like, there's plenty mm -hmm. of room. It, we, honestly, we have so much room. Not gonna lie. And, but it's a crowded planet. <laughs> it's 
crowd flips, random rocks, full of square lines. I mean, spread them like mayonnaise. Seriously, like I want people to come here. I want people to see America. I want people to love America. I mean, I'm sitting in politics. I just want. You should run for office. Let's go. I love America, and I want people to love America, and I want people to live here, and I want you to be able to go next door and go to the nations at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I haven't found the, re- the, the reason behind the band, but I found out what the band actually does. This 3.0 band. Uh, it indefinitely suspends the issuance of immigrant and non-immigrant visas to applicants from the Muslim-majority countries, Libya, Iran, Somalia, Syria, Yemen, plus North Korea and Venezuela. The number of people who fall under the ban exceed 135 million. The majority are in the five Muslim-majority nations, led by Iran with a population of more than 80 million. So a lot of people are affected. Um, still trying to find what the start of the ban, uh, the ban, the start of the ban, um, was, was what, what started it. Um, it. It started, actually, back in his... When he was running for president, um, he called for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country can figure out what's going on. Um, With but, immigration issues? Yes. Yeah. And, and I think of that like deeper security checks and whatnot. And, um, I don't know, man. I, it, you know, if it was. What I'm bothered by is the still there. Yeah. Because I was told, and I believe it was temporary. And like you just saw a few minutes ago, I didn't think this was still here. Yeah. Um, but the Supreme Court ruled it okay. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I, I mean, I miss that part of the law too, dude. Um, like, there, there are certain branches of our government that we voted in and trusted to re- represent us. And when they decide certain things alongside like a president that, you know, we somehow have to respect that. Just yeah. like with the wall, you know, they had a chance to veto, but they didn't have nowhere near the votes that they were supposed to have. Um, and so that means enough people that represent us believe in whatever Trump proposed, and we voted them into office just like we voted him into office. And I mean, that's how our government works. That's you know, that's the bubble we live in. But. Um, I, mean, I, I get tr- I get Trump's point of view. Trump has been from the get go, America first. Yeah. Um, take care of our people before we start letting other people come in. Um, and I understand that point of view. Right. I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, it's it's hard to have a great commission understanding of immigration and still believe America first. Yeah. Uh, hard to be a Christian and American some days too. It is. Um, Not, but like I said, I love being American. Yeah, I, I, so, as do I. I, I I'm, I'm proud to be an American. I, I'm thankful for the freedoms that God has allowed us to have here. Um, but it saddens me to see um, it, it saddens me that Christians have to compromise elections um, and it saddens me that it feels like we're, people have to vote for the lesser of two evils um, that's how it felt this past election um, it felt like voting you have Hillary, you have Trump like it, it's not, a, neither of them are, are the greatest of candidates to vote for um, but <laughs> mm, never mind keep going <laughs> but with, with, with the, uh, the the ban on Go ahead. I, I will say, I'm, I don't want people thinking I'm anti-Trump here either, though, because he has done some great things, like defunding Planned Parenthood. That's something conservatives especially, um, and I believe Bible believing Christians have been asking for for, for years. years. <laughs> politicians have been promising for years, and nothing has been done. And the dude stepped in and did it. And... That's a boss move. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
if anyone was, I guess, <laughs> dudes that are out here just calling national emergencies like it's his home phone, like, you know, <laughs> uh, go get them, dude. Like, I, I, you know, I tweeted that, like, that's a present I can be proud of. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that because that, that shouldn't be a bipartisan issue. That should be a humanity issue. Like, this, you know, human lives. Yeah. There's a potential consciousness that. Anyways, sorry, back to the wall. <laughs> back to the room. No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I just didn't want to get thrown off that I was anti president. <laughs> um, I mean, because he has done some great things. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Trump. Um, I don't think, as a true Christian, you can be a huge fan of him. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. There, there are some things that he has done that are have, have been really good for our country, such as you know, defunding Planned Parenthood. Um, economy is the economy is, is up through the roof. Um, I'm getting more of my paychecks than I've ever gotten. Mm. Um, I'm ready for those tax returns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. With with the travel ban, it just it just really saddened me, um, and well, it's sad that that's the first act of the president. Yeah, not off to a good start, um, and I didn't I didn't appreciate being thrown into a position of well I'm a Christian, and I don't want to see like people being separated from their families. I want people to have the opportunity to come here. I want people to have the opportunity to experience our culture. And, um, you know, it's, God has blessed this nation in more ways than, you know, we could imagine that he blesses us with the ability of having people from other nations come here and it gives us an opportunity to share the gospel with them, to invite them into our culture and to, you know, be Jesus to them. What opportunity, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... I feel like the travel ban kind of negates that um, and kind of makes it hard to do because um, every Muslim is not a terrorist. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean I've mean, i been to Turkey where you know, Muslim population is like 98% and um, I mean, I didn't experience anything that was terrible. I loved it there, to be honest. One of the best times of my life. I mean, the Muslims that I go back and argue. <laughs> the Muslims that I've met, like they are really sweet people. Um, it's just the, the few radical Muslims that stick true to the to the word of the Quran, who you know are the bad eggs that we see. Um, my girlfriend has had plenty of experience with listening to, to Muslims, and she'll tell you first, you know, Muslims are some of the sweetest people. They'll, they'll invite you to their homes, they'll feed you, they'll take care of you, but they are. The most ostracized um, in our in our culture right now, mm-hmm. um, and I feel so so bad for what happened in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, that absolutely terrible, just, just destroyed. You know, it, it really ripped my heart to pieces. Um, and so that's what it, it, it just call it just calls for Christians to be like, hey, we don't agree with, with what you believe, but we still love you. And all that to say, like, we're called, we're called to love our neighbor. We're called to love others as Christ has loved us. And I don't feel like the travel ban is, if we're going on social justice, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good practice of it. Right. I see they're trying to prevent terrorist attacks, but it's like you're trying to prevent something that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, I'll go ahead and reference a good book for this. Kind of leads on this discussion, um, but it handles a lot of other things too. Kind of um, dealing with Islamic worldview, um, how as Americans we should understand religion. Uh, how they should exist in a secular environment, um, and that's between um, that's a book by Sam Harris, yeah. um, Islam, uh, and um, 
Yeah, it's basically about tolerance. And, um, but he also gives really good critiques because, you know, he, he pulled... <laughs> now, now, Sam Atheist. Uh, Sam Harris is an atheist, and he, he does definitely critique Christianity just as much as he critiques Islam. But um, he, he does a, a good job of kind of pulling out those blind spots, but also making sure, like, He's having discussions with uh, liberal uh, Islams um, where their their theology tends to be liberal, and um, kind of how that leads to life and wh where they think their community is at. Do they think that the majority of Muslims agree with them, or do they not? Uh, but on the other hand, um, so if you want to read two sides of. <laughs> um, the spectrum, I guess. So that's more of a tolerant conversation that sees the realities and is able to discuss them. Uh, I can't say the doctor's name that he co-writes the book with because really the book is just a conversation. It's a mm -hmm. long conversation. Uh, but I read the book in six hours. Like That's how good it was. I wish. Um, it's only about 200 pages, maybe. Um, but to, to see the other side, uh, there's a um, evangelical missionary um, Michael Youssef, and he's grew up in a Muslim nation, was Muslim, uh, became a Christian, moved to America, um, and now he does evangelism with um, Muslims. And um, he wrote a book that I just was given uh, by a family member. Um, it's called The Third Jihad, and he kind of talks about how they're in, I'm pretty sure Trump quoted it, once uh, recently, but um, that uh, it's kind of it kind of walks through that what um, Muslims' real plan is on taking over America and what America's going to look like in twenty years. So, uh, and it has solid material. I'm not going to lie; like I'm not, I, he's not ignorant at all. This dude's been he's got PhD. He's been um, doing ministry with Muslims for like. 60 years right. and uh has wrote many books many, many commentaries i met the guy he's amazing um and and i family members that are really close with him just because they were supporting his ministry years before this book ever even came out um because we because that's the thing he does believe in ministering to mm -hmm. muslims um but he also sees realities that he thinks might lead to America because because he's seen it happen in the UK. We've seen it happen in the UK mm -hmm. where many Muslims didn't move into there, and I think that's what scared Trump because it was happening right at that time. That's when it primarily was being shown that Muslims were moving into the UK and kind of taking over. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so, anyways, I just wanted to provide y'all with uh, kind of a double resource there, so you can read both sides and make your own decision. On that note, I mean, when you look at when you look at Islam as a religion as a whole, historically, it's a powerful religion. Mm -hmm. um, its spread was way faster than Christianity. So I, I remember I took uh, I took a church history class um, with Dr. Spencer, mm -hmm. and um, he showed us like a time frame mm -hmm. of like how fast world religions spread, and like you have like. Buddhism, like, spreading over here in China, and you have, like, uh, Hinduism spreading over here. It's just little little spreads. Right. And it shows, like, Christianity starting out in the Middle East, or, or Judaism, and you know, Islam starts up. Yeah. And it just explodes over it the map. everywhere. It, it was literally, like, I'm... I don't want to compare Islam to the Black Plague, but I'm, and essentially I'm saying it spread that fast. Right, right. Like, it was contagious. <clears throat> and, of course, it was, if you look at historical Islam, the methods they used were very persuasive because they essentially gave you three choices. Mm -hmm. You could accept Islam, you could die, or pay, money. pay an extremely high tax yeah. for not converting. Um... And so, you know, very persuasive, so Islam spread like wildfire. And we saw ISIS kind of exploding in 2015. Yeah. You know, Trump got in 2016. You know, that, I mean, that, they were beheading people. That's freaking scary. Yeah, that's hardcore. 
And I, I, I'll never forget what Dr. Spencer said. He said that once Islam gets its foot in the door, you cannot get it out. He said, when you look at Spain, it took Spain 700 years to get Islam out of their nation. Yeah. Well, just to <clears throat> be a secular nation, you know, like they did it for Turkey. Turkey is now finally back to being a secular nation, but still 98% population with a religious affiliation. You know? I mean, <laughs> There's a lot to it, man. Yeah, there really is. And that might have to be a podcast to say for another day, just talking about um, Islam and yeah. the history of it and, um, you know, possible outlooks and how it affects us as Christians. But um, No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I just, I feel like that was a good conversation about the travel ban and about how we should come back from an ethical perspective. Um I would say, I know that would be kind of an offense. Um, I would say as leader aside, I'm for a border, um, or for some sort of border protection in the form of a wall. <laughs> yeah. um, because I feel like uh, we need something to slow down the trafficking and the drug trafficking. And, um, we, need, we need for it to be easy to become a legal citizen and hard to become a legal in our nation. That's mm-hmm. what we need to strive for as Christians. That's what we should be praying for in our nation is for that immigration reform to come because that's what we need. We need immigration reform. And um, obviously, I think this is a good time to bring up uh, that we should pray for our leaders. And we should pray. Yeah. I know it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's scripture commanded, though. We have been commanded by God to pray for our leaders because he has allowed them to come into that power. And so we should respect our creator in that aspect and, and pray uh, for their salvation, pray for their souls. Um, and I encourage you, our, our listeners, I know it's hard sometimes. Um, I know it's hard when you see Trump <clears throat> acting a fool on Twitter to think to stop him and, and pray for him. Um, but yeah, pray for your pray for your local representatives, pray for your congressman, pray for our president, pray for your governor, pray for whoever, if you're from overseas, pray for your leaders of your of your nation. Pray for um, leaders of other nations. Yes, of course. I mean, for, look look what prayer did with North Korea. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. we've been praying for that to happen for years, yep. for open borders, um, and we're just now starting to get to that point. Well, and there's, and there's a, actually a church that's like blowing up underground there, like big time, like growing like a lot there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. crazy. And look what happened in China. Like China, I, I did some fact research, and I think it said by 2030, um, China will overtake the USA. With most Christians. Christians, and that's starting underground churches, man. That's that's unbelievable. Um, God works greatest some like through pers- through through times of persecution and trouble and doubt. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, history shows itself. I mean, you look at um, the Roman Church when they were being heavily, heavily persecuted and blamed for things that they didn't commit. You would think that under persecution, the, the the numbers of people becoming Christians would decline, but instead they just exploded. Yeah, which is so so crazy. And I wonder if it's because people see the corruption and see the holiness of God, and they're like, "Wow, this is something different. This is something that is." I, I don't know. I don't know how. Part of me would love to live in a persecuted nation because I, I, I feel like here in America as Christians we're the most blessed nation but we have the weakest Christians Yeah, we consider somebody um, talking bad about us we consider somebody who disagrees with our point of view we consider them persecuting us when we have brothers and sisters overseas who are 
having rocks tied to their ankles and being thrown into a river to drown. Yes. And they're being whipped and going through all sorts of brutal, brutal torture. And we're upset because somebody didn't like it Wednesday. And it's just so, it's, it's frustrating as a Christian to see that. Yeah. The USA knows nothing of persecution <clears throat> when it comes to Christianity. At least not yet. Yeah. No, nothing of it. Be, being bullied in high school, I mean, it's persecution, but it's not. It's nowhere near the death, you know, or people disagreeing with you on Facebook, man. Unfriend them. <laughs> or suck it up. Like, yeah. it doesn't take that much to move on with your life and do something instead of slamming people on Facebook back and forth. But for, like, come on, yeah. man. Y'all in your 40s. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 so, play Candy Crush or something. Um, yeah, I, I encourage you guys to support um, Voice of the Martyrs. Um, Fantastic. Fantastic newsletter. Uh, it, yeah. Um, I encourage you guys to support them. I know I've given money to them in the past. and Just what they do for the persecuted church by getting by sending Bibles, sending um, letters of support and encouragement to pastors and missionaries who are in prison, um, providing a way for people to pray for them. It, it's just a really, really phenomenal organization. Uh, also, if you... Um, want to see what Christians in the past have gone through, I encourage you to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Mm. Um, it will break you. Or any books by Nick Ripkin. Yeah. Nick, Nick Ripkin is a, a fantastic author. He wrote Insanity of God and The Insanity of Obedience. Obedience. <clears throat> Both phenomenal books uh, talking about what it's like to serve in a persecuted mm. nation. I spent two whole weeks with that man. Excellent time. Learned so much. In the suburban too. But also strengthened. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Uh, that's that's all we have for today. I, I I leave you guys with the charge to pray for your pray for your leaders. Um, pray for those who are affected um, by the persecution of of uh, unrighteous nations um, also just pray for Americans pray if you you know if you truly care about this nation you'll pray for it um, and you'll pray for the right changes to be made um, and also pray for God's will to be done just like we said in the previous episode um, just because America has some <clears throat> things wrong doesn't mean that it's not doing a lot right Mm-hmm. And that it's not a good thing itself. Um, just like social justice, just like church, don't throw it out. Help fix it. Mm-hmm. Love it. You know. If you truly love this nation, you do everything in your power to make it a better place. And make sure to take care of yourself. Like Jordan Peterson says, um, when you take care of yourself, you know, uh, you get your world, your small little world right, and then you'll be able to change the world. Don't very change the world for you. Don't force yourself. <laughs> that's very true. Very true. Well, hey, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, me and Ryan both appreciate um, the audience. We appreciate your views. Please drop a like. Um, please subscribe. Uh, we would love to have you a part of the Crimson Acre Ministry family. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Y'all have a good one. Have a great one.